Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 13 this morning and the birds. A lot of the offerings that were given in the Old Testament required three-tenths of an ephah. A tenth of an ephah was a common measurement. And so for their grain offerings, they would offer three measures of meal. But the first time we see it was actually in Genesis chapter 18. And you remember that Abraham and Sarah were dwelling in the plains of Mamre, and these three men came to them, and Abraham realized it was the Lord. And so as he goes in to talk to Sarah, it says in verse 18.6, Genesis 18.6, So Abraham hurried in to the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And so what this speaks of is fellowship with God. So the kingdom of God is is three measures of meal that's made into cakes. It's It's a fellowship with the Lord, but then someone comes and leavens it, sticks some leaven in. What happens when you put a little bit of yeast in in a lump of dough? It permeates its way through the whole thing. And so it's, it's important to understand that this is a warning to us and to the leader of that synagogue and to all the people who attend there that yes, the church is it's God's field, God's lump, it's God's you know tree, but the enemy's always going to try to make his way in. And we have to be on guard for that. Of course, you know, I think sometimes we want to, well, let's just get rid of the evil, right? Let's kick it out. Let's uproot, you know, let's cast them out. But what did Jesus tell, about, tell us about that? A man had a field and his enemy went and sowed tares. The kingdom of heaven is like a man with a field and his enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. And he says, what do you do? He says, should we take out the tares? He says, no, lest you accidentally pull up wheat. And that's what happens, isn't it? You know, try to get rid of all the evil. You end up hurting people. People, you know, don't understand, and they end up leaving and, and all that stuff too. And so, you know, he says, just let them grow together and let the Lord sort them out, you know. Sometimes we want to just kill them all and let the Lord sort them out. But no, he says, let them live and let the Lord sort them out. It's going to happen. And, and so we have to understand that that's the, that's the situation that we're in. And, and those within the church, even church leaders sometimes, are put there by the enemy to lead people astray, to pull people away from the flock, to, to cause damage. And we also have, you know, things, institutions within what is known as Christendom, let's just call it Christendom, and sometimes it is very dumb, that are very satanic. You know, we we think of the Christian cults, and that's what they call them, Christian cults, because they basically have borrowed all the language from the church, and they've established their own group, 
And so you think of things like the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Christian scientists or the Way International or the Unification Church or Unitarian Church, Worldwide Church of God or Progressive Christianity. And one thing that's interesting about all of these, and any time you find a variant group that is pulling itself away from what Christianity is, they always diminish who Jesus is, or his mission, or they outright deny his divinity. And that's always what you'll see. You know, that's the first thing you look for. I had somebody asking me, well, I, I met these people and they, they wanted me to go through these Bible study materials and I, you know, I, I don't know if it's from the Lord because they seem really nice and just seem like a divine appointment or I don't know if it's from the enemy. And the first thing I thought was good discernment. Good, good discernment. I said, find out what they believe about Jesus. And when a little bit of research was done and we start to discover what they believe about Jesus, they, they were not Christians. And so that's, that's just the way that it is. You always can find it. And the other thing is they're always works-based faiths. And, and so what does that mean to be a works-based faith? Okay, so of course, you know, we're created for good works. That's what the Bible tells us, right? We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We have to remember what it says right before that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast, right? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has prepared before him that we might walk in them. And so what does that mean? Well, what it means is there is nothing I can ever do that God is going to owe me something. There is never anything I'm going to do that God is going to owe me. I'm never going to be, God is never going to be a debtor to me. And so, yes, I am going to do works that, that I didn't even do myself, that the Holy Spirit did through me. And yes, I am going to be rewarded for those things. Praise the Lord. But at the end of the day, I'm going to throw my crown at Jesus and say, you alone are worthy, right? That's Christianity. Every other religion, there are works that you do to earn position or place or something from God. And at the end of the day, God owes you something. And that's a works-based faith, that I'm earning position. Whereas in Christianity, I can earn reward, but I don't deserve any of it. And I will acknowledge that before the throne. I am not worthy. You alone are worthy. And when that scroll is brought out, and it's, you know, basically, who can redeem mankind? And they look for one person who's worthy under the earth, on the earth, in the abyss. They looked everywhere. And nobody in heaven or on earth was worthy to take the seal and open his scrolls. And John starts to cry. Why? Because without that scroll, it can't be the end of the world. Right? And he wants the end of the world. He wants to see the end of the world. So he cries because it's not the end of the world. Not usually we cry because we think it's the end of the world. It's completely opposite. It's a bad joke. Anyway, but nobody's worthy. But then the lamb, as though it had been slain, the lion of the tribe of Judah takes the scroll, or takes the, yeah, takes the scroll and he opens its seals because he is worthy. And Jesus is our righteousness. He is our worthiness. He is everything. And, and if you have a, a religion telling you you need to strive to be worthy or strive to, be, to, to earn a place, then that is, uh, uh, it is the birds, right? It's for the birds. It's leaven. So Jesus is giving them this warning. And really, when you boil it down, what is the warning? Do you truly love God? And the same, 
do you truly love people? Because that's what Christianity is about, is to be transformed in our lives so that we will have, be filled with the love of Jesus so that we love God and we love people. And that makes it, when we're filled with love, it makes it easy to forgive, it makes it easy to treat people well, and, and it makes it easy to see that this woman needs to be let loose on the Sabbath day. It doesn't matter if it's the Sabbath day because God wouldn't want her to continue to be like that. Or are we just all about the rules and the regulations and the religion? Because that's oftentimes where we find ourselves. You know, trying to keep the rules, trying to do everything just right. You know, trying not to upset God, trying to appease God somehow. We don't, we don't have a religion of appeasement, do we? We have a religion of relationship, if you'd even call it a religion. It's, it's a relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he forgave me of all of my sin, and so therefore... I can freely forgive those who have sinned against me or done me harm or caused me problems in my life and I can have love in my heart for other people. And so, so maybe you're here today and you're bound by something. Maybe you're bound by bitterness or religion or sin or fear or worry or anxiety or maybe you're just not doing well. And Jesus, is, is, he sees you. Just like he saw the woman, he always sees the person with the greatest need. And you're thinking, man, I probably should go to a different church then where they got it all together because everybody at Calvary Chapel's kind of messed up a little bit, you know. <laughs> no. He sees you. He cares about you. He, he wants to heal you, and maybe mentally, maybe physically. Maybe religious gatekeepers in the past have kept you from Jesus, and they've said, no, you don't need that. You know, you just need to try harder. You need to pray more. You need to have more faith. No, Jesus sees you at your weakest. He sees you when you're crumbling and he comes to you and he says, I want you to be made well. And maybe that's you here this morning and you just need a touch from the Lord and Jesus sees you. He wants to heal you. And certainly you can come, you can come tonight and for the prayer and healing service and, and you can be prayed for and, and anointed and all that and I encourage you to do that. But why wait? Why not this morning? Why not, we, why not say, Jesus, I need you to touch me now? Not later, not tonight, but now. Heal me of this infirmity. Heal me of this anxiety. Heal me of this depression. Heal me of this bitterness. Set me free this morning. And if that's you this morning, then I want to pray for you. In just a minute, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to heal you. And so... If you'll stand with me, we're going to pray. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho. Till the very moment when I come home, I'll sing. I'll
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.